What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee Shop Sports. We took a long break, went to a fantasy football expo, did some fun stuff in between, but we're back. And I'm here with my co-host, Kevin Fox. How you doing tonight, Kev? Mr. Zach, I'm doing fantastic, brother. So excited to be on with you, man. We got the fantasy football mailbag show today, which I've been really excited about ever since we announced it. We've got some great questions. Shout out to our amazing, amazing supporters for you know, really, really feeling the, we, you know, we got like one of those uh, deli bird Pokemon mailbag situations going on. You know, we got, we got some stuff to talk about today, man. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Yeah, man. Me too. Excited to get back into it. Thanks for the people for providing our content for us. That's the point of a mailbag show, but <laughs> we're here to help. We're here to help. But before we get to the mailbag, we got to start off with the first sip, the coffee connoisseur, the beginning of the episode. So I'm going to start with that. I'm going to ask you a question for you today, Kev. Yes, sir. It's draft season. You got Labor Day just around the corner, which means everybody's been drafting last weekend, this coming weekend. Season's a week away. We're about to hit the the really rock-solid shit here, which means we've both done a fair share of drafts, I'm assuming. Too many. A sickening amount. And we're trying to get more. We're, that's how sick we are. We're trying to add more on our plate. I have to scroll now on Sleeper. Like my side on Sleeper, I'm scrolling yeah. to get to leagues. That's insanity. That is and not good. No, no, way too much. But I enjoy all of it. So I'm have going a homely to send you draft. 1 800 Gamblers Anonymous if you need it, um, Zach specifically, but anyone listening who needs it. Well, fantasy football is not gambling, Kev. It's legal in California. I don't know. The fact that that's my favorite false narrative about fantasy football is that it's not gambling. It, I, I absolutely love fantasy football. I think we need to destigmatize gambling. Let's just let gambling be cool. Like, let's just let everybody rock. You know what I mean? Conversation. It's not. It's not gambling. It's like gambling's fine. Thank you, Zach. Understands. That's why we're co-hosts, man. He gets it. This man is a gambling addict. Very much so. Proud of it. Proud of it. But let's get into the, the first sip then, because we've both had our fair share of drafts in. I'm sure we've both done hundreds of mock drafts. Uh, I did did some drafts with some some Twitter people, some Twitter analysts as well. So we are, we're locked and loaded for this. But Kev, who do you find yourself leaving the most with in your drafts so far? Oof. I mean, that's a phenomenal question. Um, and I think I might be stealing yours right now. Um, I actually referenced this on legit football earlier today um, because I mentioned how you and I have had maybe two or three Twitter beefs in our history of being friends. And, and one of them almost broke us. Um, we didn't speak for days. Um, I deleted his number. Um, he, I got a phone call and it said, don't answer toxic. And it turned out it was Zach and we, we worked it out. But um I have fully seen the light and I still don't agree with the ceiling that you're projecting for this player, but how can you not be in on Deontay Johnson at a screaming buy at wide receiver 35? This man absolutely belongs on anybody with half a brain's fantasy football team because you're going to be drafting him 
sickeningly late. He's going to be the fourth wide receiver you draft, and he can easily be your wide receiver too. Um, Deontay Johnson is on more of my teams than he's off, and I appreciate you for uh, going to people's doors with a book that says Deontay Johnson should be you know, valued more in fantasy football. Uh, you are the Mormon that Deontay Johnson needed. Um, yeah, hundred percent. Deontay Johnson's my guy for this pick. How about you? Oh, sorry. Why don't you no, react to the Deontay you Johnson? Listen, pick? you know I'm not going to debate you there. I'm glad that you finally saw the light. I think that yeah. makes me no longer the toxic one because I was right. So I get that clarity there. That's fair. No, I, that is I mean, fair. Deontay is being. There are a lot of players. People will say like, "Oh, he's being drafted at his floor." And oftentimes it's not all that true, but like sitting at wide receiver 30 with the target share he gets, I really feel like that is his floor. Dude, and I'm pretty sure it's like 35, 40 range. Like he's creeping up. Yep. Is he creeping up? Okay. Yeah. I'm just, I am like all in at that price point. I mean, he's going to be, I think he's going to be a top 28 wide receiver, no doubt. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, Yeah. I haven't left as many drafts with him as I've wanted to, but. That's not out of because I haven't taken him. It's because other people have taken him ahead of me, which makes my soul happy that other people see the light as well. Yeah, you got to stop doing drafts with uh, analysts, man. You got to stop doing drafts with, with Matt and James. You got to get in some some home leagues, man. Yeah, some um, home leagues. Another, just really quick, a feather in Deontay's cap is: Can we just talk about how phenomenal Kenny Pickett and the Steelers' offense looked this preseason? Sort of like a well-oiled machine, realistically. I mean, they 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 should be leaps and bounds better than they were last year yeah i mean that's the hope um hopefully matt canada gets his head out of his butt and runs offense a little better because they have all of the weapons i don't love kenny pickett but if he takes a second year leap forward like all cylinders go that'd be great i'd love yes i didn't love him either but he's i think he's maybe showing us that he has more of a I compared him to sort of more like I, I always thought he was going to be like a Chad Pennington captain check down. You know, he won't lose you a game, but he won't win you a game. But I'm almost wondering if he has more of like a Tua sort of like ceiling where he can really dial in on that accuracy and he can hit those scheduled plays, like almost sort of like a Shanahan QB, like, you know, sort of uh, doing enough to not only not lose games, but not necessarily win games for his team, but, you know, aid a little bit, you know, like, and they have the weapons for it. So uh, arrows pointing up for the Steelers and, and I find myself snagging Deontay Johnson way too late in every draft that I'm in. I probably have, I'd say two, two that I tend to be like always leaving drafts with. Um, Number one for me has been Calvin Ridley. It's starting mm. to get harder Love to that. get him because he's now consistently like mid third round, top of the third round. And that even for how much I love him, it's like, that's Rich. where I'm at with him. So it's yeah. like, it's getting a little bit more up there, but so far I seem to be taking him. He's pretty much my locked in third round pick wherever I'm at in my home league draft. I just took him at the three Oh four. And that was a, a most I felt comfortable reaching him at there. Uh, but I just, he's got the upside, man. I mean, he's going to be the dominant target shareholder for the Jacksonville offense. The last time we saw him on the field, he was playing at a, an elite level, not just like, oh, we might see a breakout. Like he was headed towards top five seasons. 
he has a nose for the end zone that no one else on that team really does. We saw Christian Kirk getting a lot of end zone looks last year. I think a lot of those could go Calvin Ridley's way this year. So when you're talking about archetype of someone who could sneakily be a top three, five wide receiver, I think he fits that and he is not going way too high. So I end up leaving almost every draft with him. And yeah, and I, you, you br- go ahead. I was going to say my sneaky number two is like just kind of the same vein, but Tyler Lockett because he's mm-hmm. all the way down still at like the sixth, seventh round, and he's never been that bad. I think people tend to be one year ahead of a drop off for like a 30 year old wide receiver. Like usually they abandon just one year too early. And I think we're seeing that with Tyler Lockett. I love Jackson Smith and Jigba, but with the hand injury kind of coming along a little slower and it being his rookie year anyway, I think he can hold off a year from taking away those targets from Lockett. And I think he could also sneak his way back into a 12 top 12 to 15 wide receiver season, just all the way late in the draft. I definitely want to touch on your Calvin Ridley take, but um, I do think, I mean, dude, you bring up the Tyler Lockett fading a year early. He's been getting faded his whole career. This oh, man yeah, has never gotten the respect that he deserves from an ADP standpoint. And it's continuously allowing savvy fantasy drafters to find value late in drafts. And I'm really, really hoping that, because I, I I have snagged my, my fair share of lockets this year, and I'm hoping I can can continue to, because he's a player that will, it, like you said, if he's in that 12 to 15 range where you're drafting him, that's infringing on league winner territory. That's infringing on on somebody who's going to make a huge difference in your win loss record, who's going to give you a little spike in the playoffs, because hopefully with those early round picks that you can save because you're grabbing Tyler Lockett later, you're absolutely stacking value or you're stacking onesie positions that will give you that positional advantage to win. So you need to be finding value late. And I think both the Deontay pick, the locket pick are examples of that. Now in reference to your Ridley pick, I love the call your shot nature that you are embracing for Calvin Ridley. And I know a lot of really smart fantasy analysts who are doing the same thing. So I have no, issue with it i'm in as well personally myself i would much rather um snag him later than he's going i think he's creeped into a little bit of territory where is the waters are a little murky for me so i'd like to play a little bit of, uh, a little game of this or that if you're down okay sweet so i'm i'm looking at wide receivers um and i'm gonna start easier and i'm gonna get harder um kelvin ridley or debo samuel Ridley. How how hard are you fading Debo this year? Not incredibly. I think it's really a coin flip between him and Ayuk, who's going to be more valuable with the 49ers, but both yeah. back teens, early 20s. Yeah. Okay. Keenan Allen. Ridley. Ridley. You're still going Ridley there. Yeah. Even in full PPR? Uh, I would hesitate a little more in full PPR, but I do think Ridley has just more upside than what we're looking at with Keenan Allen. Okay. Uh, DK Metcalf. Ridley. Pretty easily. We're still Ridley territory. Wow. Okay. Uh, Devontae Smith. That gets a little harder for me. I do love Devontae Smith this season. You do. You do. But 
those guys are just neck and neck. I mean, Ridley has risk baked that he hasn't played football for a long time. That's what I'm thinking, yeah. But Devonta still could see a little bit of regression in his fantasy points than he had last year, being I think he finishes top like eight. Um, but he's just so talented that it's hard to bet on that. That those guys have to be just neck and neck for me. Yeah, hundred percent. So T Higgins. I'd take Ridley over Higgins, yeah. Chris Higgins Olave. splits with Jamar Chase are just are just wide receiver two level that I can't pay that price. Right. And he's going to he's going really high. So I totally understand that. Chris Olave. I'd, uh, I'd rather Olave than Ridley. Okay. And so um, I think we might be in the territory where you're taking everybody. So Waddle, Wilson, Amon Ra, you're you're taking all those guys over Ridley, right? Right. Yeah. So it really is that late two, early three range that you're sort of like that's sort yeah of i'll where take him saying, there okay i i wish i would have drafted earlier when he was at the four right. five round turn would have made my life better but Look, unfortunately we've propped him up so much that now he's at the yeah. top of the third so yeah well i'm excited to i'm glad we got to tease that out because i think a lot of these uh, you gotta put your money where your mouth is and i love seeing the lines for you because for me i don't know if i even said a single name that I think Debo is the cutoff for me. I would take Ridley over Debo, but I think every other name I mentioned, I might be taking over Ridley. No disrespect. I, I, I do really like him, but the the risk. And and I think Kirk and Ingram, ETN, Bigsby, I, there's a lot of miles to feed in that offense. Um, but that being said, uh, happy to hear that, that, that you got your guy in, in, in most of your leagues, and I hope you continue to. Um, Zach, I'll let you start with this one because I started with the last one. Contrarily, who are you leaving your drafts with? None of. Who do you have no stakes in? And maybe consciously or not. Man, it's it's tough because I try not to really fade anybody completely off my draft board because right. at any point in time, someone's a value. But off the top of my head, people who I was looking at that I was like, I cannot take this guy here is T Higgins. I mean, we Mm. briefly touched on it, but where he's going, I feel is near his ceiling. Every year we have teams that have multiple top 10 wide receivers. So it's very possible that could be Higgins and Jamar chase, but his splits with Jamar chase are pretty discouraging. I don't think he's going to overtake that anytime soon. He's never finished higher than a wide receiver two in his career. His, scoring is eerily similar to terry mclaurin who is going almost two rounds later in draft given the injury changes that a bit for me but just like as a comparison like someone who's been putting up the same type of numbers as t higgins as talented as he is is going two rounds later and if jamar chase goes down you could be looking at a massive steal but i'm never one to bank on injury so i just cannot take t against where he's going at the i believe mid second maybe late second round Yeah, no, I think that's a great, great call. There is a point where I'll stop this slide with T. Higgins. Um, Specifically, if I have a build where I maybe have a running back early or or even two running backs early, like if I'm trying to swing for a high ceiling wide receiver one, I might take Higgins if he falls a little bit. We already talked about those wide receivers that we like later in the draft. It's tough to – convince me that I'll ever be hard pressed to find a receiver in the middle, middle to later, later rounds. So I 
I like the pick. I'm I'm a big fan of 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 that fade, and I think your logic your logic is very sound. Um, mine, I have a couple, but the easiest one is, and it's been you know me, man. I'm somebody who does pay attention to the non X's and O's of football, and the human element of the Jonathan Taylor situation has made it disgusting for me from the jump. And I kind of feel like a genius now because I remember seeing Jonathan Taylor in the third round of some of my leagues and being like, I know it's Jonathan Taylor and I know it's the third round, but I can't do it. And now I feel really smart because this man is going to miss four games and you know, the, the vibes are horrible. It does not feel like, like the ship is going to get right at any time soon. Jimmer says is going to continue to put his foot in his mouth in public. They like, Evan Hall, they like Deion Jackson. For some reason, they like Zach Moss. Sorry, had to had to get that cheap shot in there. Um, but that's that's kind of my easy one, and that's kind of my low hanging fruit. Um, if I was kind of taking more of a stab, if I was kind of going for more of like, I have a two pack of wide receivers for you that are actually going back to back in uh, sleepers ADP, um, and that is DJ Moore. No disrespect, just hasn't ever been a value to me where I'm drafting and Jerry Judy uh, 52 and 53 and ADP on sleeper. I can't, I can't, I mean, Judy's health concerns, my concerns about their offense. Uh, I mean, I do tend to believe that Marvin Mims is going to be more of a problem than we thought for Denver's uh, target share. And who knows how ugly that situation is going to get Zach. I, I'm not the, 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 like I talked about the vibes with the Colts, the vibes with the Broncos are all signs are pointing to a repeat performance of last year is, is what I'm thinking. I believe Jerry Judy has slipped a little bit closer to the sixth round because of the hamstring injury. But I agree with you. I'm even there. I'm, I'm still kind of out on Judy. I don't think he's going to take a massive leap. He's going right in front of Tyler Lockett, which I still can't, I can't put my, I can't do that. Can't fathom the draft. So, um, with your other two, man, I could rant about the Jonathan Taylor situation for months. Like the vibes yeah. of the player, I think he's doing everything right. I mean, he's doing everything he could do. He's wanting to run to the offer on the table. He'll take a trade. The Colts are saying we don't value you at all. But also, yeah. if we're going to trade you, we want way more than anybody's going to be willing to give. Came out today, there was reports they were asking for Jalen Waddle back in return. <laughs> Just nonsense. Like, the Colts are not a grown-up football That's team. so Madden. That is so Madden vibes. And it's it's just kind of gross how teams yeah. have, have taken the opportunity to treat running backs over this summer. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, the market needs to recorrect a little. Let's give these guys some smaller deals smaller money over longer periods of time that's fine but the, just the pure advantage they're taking so oh it's gross that sucks yeah don't draft jonathan taylor at this point i think we're gonna address it later in the show it'll be a better time to bring it up um yeah. and then dj moore the one that i want to bring up he scares me because i with you have been pretty low on dj moore i don't think him moving is too much of a difference but if yeah. there's a handful of players that can make me eat my words this year, it is DJ Moore. Because if yeah. he takes some sort of jump as a player, and if he is just truly... Because who's going to compete with him on targets of that team? It's not Chase Claypool. It's not no. Cole Komet. It's not Darnell Mooney. 
I mean, it's pretty not, much just Mooney, honestly. I mean, I, I like Mooney. He's he's a good player. But even that, he disappeared last year. He was basically a non-factor. So yeah. if they do decide to pass more, which is a huge if because they threw the ball, not at all. Right. But there's always the conversation of, well, they didn't have DJ Moore. So if he walks into 120 targets, which would be a high number for them, He's a screaming value in the fifth round. He should be up in the third. So there's a very yep. real possibility that both of us have to eat our words watching him just slip by. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have anything bad to say about the player. I just have never once been in my, a draft and saw his name and been like, "Where I'm at, I'm excited to take him." It's never happened. I think yeah. other people are doing that. Other people are are making that Kelvin Ridley leap in drafting him maybe a round or a couple picks before his ADP in the drafts that I'm in. And I'm not the one who's doing it. I'm not going to be, that is not going to be a bag that I will be holding. It's the question of the same with what we saw with Diggs when he left Minnesota. Exactly. It's like, is it possible that the player we've gotten used to is no longer the truth on a new team with easily the best quarterback of his, well, did he, he played with Cam Newton? Never mind. But, but maybe let's it was say late career though. The last Cam couple Newton was years, a shell of himself. Yeah. Sure. The probably the best quarterback he's had. He's yeah. flashed some ceiling games with some high high finishes. Yeah. If he takes a digs or like AJ Brown type increase in role, which is possible, possible unlikely, Super possible, but possible, he can make me eat my words. So I have I've softened on DJ Moore a little. Um, in in my last draft. I was really close on taking him, but I would just want to be at the back end of the fifth, maybe early sixth, and you're probably not going to land him there. Yeah, I think I I will just sign my name on the dotted line next to you of having to eat my words as well. But my words are just like, the price is wrong. Well, let me give you you a couple would-you-rathers then with the wide receivers he's going. Because it's kind of gross. I'm not going to lie. When you put him next to the other names you're drafting, it changed my mindset a little. So I'll run you through. Um, Terry McLaurin with Terry the McLaurin. injury. Are you taking him? Even with the injury, it doesn't bother you. Tur- we remember what happened with Devontae Adams. Is, is, is he on the pup? Uh, not yet. No. Taking Terry. I'm taking Terry. Okay. So that he is going a good-handedly still above DJ Moore. All right. Right behind him. DeAndre Hopkins next off the board. Whew, that's a tough one. I guess real gross one. all of a sudden, right? You're like, oh, yeah. I never take DJ Moore. And then you're looking and you're like, well, the next is DeAndre Hopkins. How do you feel? Yeah, I mean, I would probably gun to my head. I'd probably take more, honestly. Right. Okay. I haven't next been faced with board. that decision, but yeah, I probably would take more. DJ Moore, Drake London. Drake London. Why? Pretty easily. I think he has top 15 upside. And I think his talent is far and away more. The Ritter thing scares me. The mouths to feed in Atlanta. There's a lot of weapons in Atlanta, but I do tend to believe. I mean, Drake London was pretty solid his rookie year, and he had, you know, Marcus Mariota's geriatric with a walker on the field throwing it to him. I mean, the man's probably like 32 years old. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be. As no, as a talent level, he was great his rookie year. As a fantasy level, he had one top twelve finish. Yeah, or two top twelve finishes and four top twenty four, but they were back into the twenty four. 
So I it's think like I'm buying step forward. Yeah. I think he'll be good. I, I think he – I'm predicting a big season for DJ Moore. I think he'll be a top 20 receiver. Or, sorry, Drake uh, London. Uh, yeah. Drake Drake. London I meant. Yep. Okay. We'll do two more quick. Mm-hmm. Give me one second. There's like 100 motorcycles outside my apartment. Love that. Okay. So two more quick, back-to-back, just quick responses. Chris Godwin. DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Mike Williams, DJ Moore. Mike Williams. So you're really in the mixed bag there on because yeah, that's right bag. where he's going. Yeah. I, I think to be honest with you, I I think almost exclusively in that round, and I'm looking at that that yeah. slot of names. Unless yeah, my team building is <laughs> desperate for a wide receiver, yeah, I'm pivoting. I, I'm taking a onesie, I'm taking a running back. Yeah, I don't I don't want I don't want in on any of that smoke. All right, man. Well, that means our first sip is over, and it's time to get into the mailbag. Yes, sir. If you don't mind, really quick, I'd like to address our time at the Fantasy Football Expo. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. I want to give a quick shout-out to uh, everybody at the Expo for making it happen. I want to give a shout-out to Todd and Rick for assisting the team. I want to give a shout-out to Bob Lung for being such a great host, having us on his podcast. Um his family, they were wonderful people. Um, the Force and Flex guys, Hutch, Matt Harmon, your boy, uh, you know, he was awesome to meet and, and chat with. All the people from Yahoo Sports that we, we connected with. Um, it really was kind of like a life-changing experience as somebody who's new in the space. Very, very humbling to be in that presence and to be, to be around all the wonderful, wonderful and talented people that we were around and getting to breathe that in and not only getting to breathe it in and, and, and observing it, Zach, but also contributing to it and, you know, having our own booth and like, you know, having those conversations with people and, and, you know, our listeners, I want you guys to know that there's going to be a lot to look forward to from a, from a guest perspective. We got some big, big, awesome, really talented people lined up to uh, come talk to us on coffee shop sports. So you, you guys are going to be, the streets are going to be fed. That's all I'll say. Can't wait for it, man. Yeah. I had, echoing everything you say just a great time appreciate canton for having us out there bob lung yeah. for putting everything on uh the pro football hall of fame for hosting such a rambunctious crowd of yeah fantasy nerds uh, des bryant coming out i Big mean obviously guy. highlight of it such a nice guy signing jerseys playing flag football hope he comes back out next year not Hell a yeah. cowboys fan but am a no, Des sir. fan yeah gotta throw up the x now uh yeah no, had a great time. Thanks to everybody out there that made the expo happen for us. And thanks you, Kev, for coming with me because I had planned on going out there solo through the invite your way. And uh dude, yeah, you we, yeah, you we made it happen. On, you put me on game. I didn't even know it was a thing. And yeah, wonderful, wonderful time, man. Yeah, wouldn't have wanted to tackle it with anybody else. No, um, it was an absolute blast. Such a oh, great yeah. time. We gotta get better at flag football, though. I'll say that much. It's not it's we not didn't, I, we I didn't mean, have a chance. We didn't we get to play flag football. We, we got to watch dog. one play. Yeah, we got dog walks. Let's uh, yeah, we'll let's, be back next year. Let's recruit some dogs. Let's, you know, I'm we're gonna be in the gym. We're gonna have a Rocky montage off season <laughs> for before next fantasy football uh, expo, because we're we we're taking on Des head, head on, no doubt. Have to, yeah, have at to. least get past the first round this time. That'd be yeah. nice. That would be nice. All right, man. Well, you ready to move on? Let's do it, man. Mailbag. All right. First let's question in the mailbag is from our very good friend Sam who with the signing of Ezekiel Elliott to the New England Patriots, 
wants to know if Ramondre is now being overdrafted in fantasy football leagues. Let's go half PPR, standard scoring type stuff. Ramondre is coming off the board at the end of the second, top of the third right now. Quick thoughts, overdrafted, yes or no? Yeah, I got actually a little a little case here to say that Ramondre is not being overdrafted. Um, think about it like this. Tony Pollard shared a backfield with Ezekiel Elliott. He was RB7 last year. Um, Zeke had a touchdown explosion, 12 touchdowns last year. I think Ramondre is going to do the same. RB7, I think, is pretty comfortably within the range. Um, Ramondre was never a great goal line running back, wasn't ever really part of his game. And while Prime Zeke had a nice profile as a pass catcher, his career high in fantasy finish in PPR was RB2, but that was as a rookie. Um, he's far from that player today with only 17 catches last season. Meanwhile, Ramondre projects to be one of the top targets for New England coming off of a season where he had – Zach, do you know how many receptions Ramondre Stevenson had last year? Off the top of my head, I'm going to go with 48. That's a great guess. I think he might have had a lot more of a nice number than that if that gives you any clues. He had 69 receptions. He had 69. Nice. Very nice. And and I think the Patriots offense projects to be a lot better than it was last season. So as much as I understand the fear, I actually went out of my way to try to put together a little case for Ramondre over Zeke or, or Ramondre where he's at. So if there is a Ramondre dip in your league, buy it. Yeah, not too many arguments from me. I was worried coming into the season Ramondre would be overdrafted because he was getting a lot of hype at being like the RB5-6. That worried me a lot. Multiple equations have kept him kind of at bay. Um, So I don't mind it. I worry if Zeke takes the goal line, I'm not scared. I'm perfectly fine with that. If Zeke takes third down work, I worry a lot. So... I don't think that happens enough to the point where you're fading Ramondre, but as a still a third round running back, I'm happy to take him. That's cool with me. So I I mean, that offense should get better. 69 receptions. I don't see a world where he doesn't get at least 60 again. Yeah. And it could work in his favor very well. So not worried about it. Yeah. Stay strong, Sam. Stay strong. Next question is from Tokello. Our good friend as go. well. Yeah. Got any advice from someone just getting into fantasy? How do I set myself up strategically? Um, I'll let you take the lead on this one, and I'll, I'll jump in. I'll piggyback. Sherman, sure, yeah. Hopping into a league, first time you're getting into fantasy, set yourself up to have fun. Winning is a lot of fun, but don't focus on that primarily. I mean, get yourself league makes who care about what they're doing you don't want to be in a league with people who just every once in a while set their lineup skip a couple weeks that's key by strategy you set yourself up with people you're going to enjoy this with home leagues tend to be the most fun leagues because they're crazy because they're with people you care about not because they're the most competitive if you have a competitive league with people you care about even better But the most important thing will always be to find a league to have fun because if you do your first fantasy football league and it sucks, you're never going to want to do it again. You can ruin that experience for yourself and it's just not worth it. From a strategic standpoint, that depends on your league setting, but I would go with try not to value onesie positions too much. You might see some quarterbacks going off in the first round and they shouldn't be. 
Might see some tight ends going off the board in the third round when they maybe aren't worth that. So pay attention to you can get some quarterbacks a little later. That tends to be a real rookie mistake where you want to focus on maybe a running back wide receiver early on. Yeah, no, I think that's all great advice. Um, I don't want you to pollute this, you know, young fantasy football mind with the anti early round QB stuff. You know, Uh, I'm in on the early round QB stuff. So I'm just going to get that caveat in there before I start. But I do want to say to our good friend, Tokello, um, piggybacking off of what you said about having fun. Um, one thing that I've become a master at is drafting players that I want to watch. So whether that means I know I'll catch them in prime time, whether that means I like their, the way that they play, I like their play style, try to make, help it match the value. That's obviously ideal. Um, but if you are a Bills fan, don't be afraid to draft some Buffalo Bills. If you are a huge fan of, you know, Saquon Barkley, you know, draft Saquon Barkley. If it's the 104 and his ADP is 108, draft him, you know, like that's totally fine. Um, Also talk as much shit as humanly possible. That's something that makes fantasy football very, very fun. Um, The more shit you talk and the more, uh, the more other people talk shit to you, it brings out such a great and fun and competitive side of everybody. Um, so definitely, definitely would recommend that. Um, strategically, like Zach said, uh, be smart in your drafts, but it's okay to take a quarterback early if it's Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. That's it. You draft when one of those guys early. He's not saying first round. No, exactly. Unless it's Josh rounds. Allen. Let's, let's see. If you're new in fantasy football and you hear that, don't just take Josh Allen at the top of your draft. He's in regular right. league. You want to second wait round. until the second round at least. ADP... You might be able to swing a couple of those guys third, fourth yeah. round as well. Yeah, Not right. a bad idea to do that, but don't just reach for Patrick Mahomes at the 101 because he's the best player in the NFL. It's Preach. different in fantasy football. Good advice. Good advice. There you go. I think we I think we sent Tekello off yeah, on that. in the coffee shop sports all season. That's a big one. And that is a big one. Thank you. And, and like I said, with the roster we have coming up, man, no, that is good advice. We, we are going to be sharing the, the screen with some heavy hitters. man. I'm excited. Next question coming from Trey from fourth and flex. Our boys from let's go. Love them. Fantasy football expo in Ohio. Great guys. Love them. Great people. Love to meet them. Their mm-hmm. question pretty cut and dry here. Obviously, this has changed in the last couple of days with the pup rumors, but well, not rumors, but the pup news, kind of the trade rumors. Are you now taking Jonathan Taylor or Alvin Kamara? Which, mind you, large, large gap. Jonathan Taylor is dropping. He'll probably be at the back of the fourth, fifth pretty soon. And Alvin Kamara is sitting at the top of the sixth round. That gap is going to close very quickly this weekend as people are drafting. So let's say they're a little closer than you think. Kamara's out three games with the suspension. Taylor's out minimum four with the pup. You're on the clock. Who you got? Oh, Zach, I hate that that our boys from Fourth and Flex did us like this because this is a really hard and a really great and thought-provoking question. Personally, for me at this stage, I'm going ceiling and I'm going vibes. And I think Alvin Kamara is going to come back. And yes, his workload will be cut into by Jamal Williams and by Kendry Miller. 
And I think they're going to have more of a focus on the aerial attack with Derek Carr as their quarterback and Chris Olave and Rashid Jaheed and this, that, and the other. But Alvin Kamara is a tried and true, consistent fantasy football weapon. And I think you can count on him a little bit more heavily than you will be able to count on Jonathan Taylor with the back stuff, the ankle stuff, the trade stuff, the Ursay stuff. It just feels like that situation. I don't know if there's an end in sight, Zach. I don't know if we see Jonathan Taylor before week 11. I'm sorry to say it, but I don't know. Almost has like, Le'Veon Bell vibes, yeah. you know? Yeah. That type I didn't want to it. say it. I didn't want to jinx no, it. it. It sucks. And again, I'm such a I'm such a huge proponent of these running backs being treated so poorly. Like it is and they deserve better. Up. They deserve yeah. better. Especially 100%. these top, top guys who are like, I want top money and they're not gonna get it. With that said, I I'm still going Jonathan Taylor here. I'm not I'm not fading to the point that I'll take Camara. If you're telling me, I'm going to look on the bright side a little bit. Kamara's still out for three games. They brought in a rookie, and they brought in Jamal Williams to compete with him. Yeah. If bright side Jonathan Taylor comes back week five, he doesn't have the same competition Kamara has. Not to mention Kamara saw a huge drop-off last year. He finished at back-end wide receiver to Purdue. I think he was running back, as I said, wide receiver. Like running back 16 PPR, 18 half PPR. That was with a full workload, a full team. Jamal Williams was not there. You had, don't have the ghost of Mark Ingram going along, and you're telling me you're not putting up the same numbers you used to. Carr makes that offense a lot better, but Michael Thomas is back. Alave's in a little bit more. You've got Jamal Williams. They're going to integrate Keandre Miller at some point. There's so much risk associated with both of these guys, even though one of them is a little bit more in the news than the other right now. I still want the guy that if he does play, he's getting 25 carries a game, maybe five or six targets a game. I expect him to play at some point this season because he has to if he wants to get paid, and I do think he wants to get paid. And there's also the small, small silver lining chance that he gets dealt before the trade deadline, and you could see him added to a contender that changes his outlook real quick. So with how much risk both of these guys have, while Camaras is a little more understated, I want the ceiling play of Taylor. I still think he's younger, better, and possible to get a top like top workload when he's playing for you this season. Yeah, and I think I'm glad that you said that because I do think it's good to represent both sides. Um, I just, yeah, I mean, I think friend of a friend of the show. So friend of the show, Matt Harmon, whose friend – of, of Matt Harmon is Austin Eckler. He actually brought up a great point where he said, like, you like how I did that there, the, 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 sh- the decrease of separation. We're basically friends with Austin Eckler. Um, he kind of made this great point where he was like, why is a third string receiver getting paid better than the best running back in the NFL? And that's oh, a makes great no point. sense. Yeah. It's so ludicrous. And, and all I'm going to say is parents don't let your kids grow up to be running backs and kids nope. don't grow up to be a running back. If you're, if your coach tries to make you be a running back, demand a trade <laughs> Don't no, do it. Go, go lock down and be a cornerback because you could get so much money but no paid. in all seriousness is i mean we saw saquon cave we saw jacobs. josh jacobs cave to sign that one-year deal it would not be ludicrous if during this four weeks we see something shift between the colts 
while they're not a real well-driven team, no. there's a chance that Caves back will take JT. So, yeah, I, I I'd, I'd like to see how I'd like to revisit this one at the end of the year because I I think I I do agree that that Taylor still has ceiling, but I think you might be a little I think you might be sleeping on Camara a tad. There's also a chance we get to the end of the year and both of these guys were just terrible and yeah. both of their situations Always. dissolve and it wasn't worth the question anyway but well, to quote we move the on. horrendous colts owner jim mercy i mean they i could be dead they could be dead and then nobody will care right so exactly. but we want a first in jalen waddle yeah dude jim mercy is <laughs> the comedian gm of the league man he's the hero we didn't know we needed in the comments the worst thing that could have happened for jim ursay was dan snyder leaving the commanders because now he's the worst owner in the nfl soul possession (laughs) of 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 worst all right we got we're gonna move on from here we got an anonymous question coming up what's up brew crew i'm grappling with an issue i'm hoping for some guidance on i'd like to introduce some loser punishments to spice things up in my current league and keep everyone engaged However, most options I've found are either too harsh or too lenient. Do you have any balance suggestions for punishments and also tips for making sure people actually carry them out? If you don't mind, I'll take the head on this one. This Please has been do. something I've been thinking about. I commission quite a few leagues. Um, we do winner punishments, but we do not have a loser punishment. We've thought about it for multiple years, but I haven't integrated anything yet. So you punish the winner? No, you punish the loser. Oh, oh okay. we we do sorry we do winner like rewards but no loser punishments i see word. okay i was yeah, like this word i that. was like yo that's a, that's <laughs> weird <laughs> i think i'm gonna start from the backup here tips for making sure people actually carry out what you do easy they don't do it they're not in the league next year cut and dry you want people who are willing to participate win or lose if they don't do the loser punishment yeah you might miss out on one but you get rid of a bad league member kick them out that's it. 100%. No ifs, ands, or buts. They want back in. They got to do their punishment. Yep. Easy as it goes. Unfortunately, there's not much more you can do from that unless you know them really well. But even then, not much you can do. <laughs> yeah. Um, unless we're getting into gray harsh. areas here. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to punishments, I think there's a really good standard. The same way I think about a lot of things. Monetary punishments, I'm not a fan of. I don't think... They should be required to pay any extra, do any sort of monetary thing, buy the league members things. I'm not into that. Maybe if your 12-team league are all like six-figure salary people, sure. That's a whole different ballgame. But if you're talking regular league punishments, monetary stuff should be out. A lot of the viral league punishments tend to be a little too harsh for me. But you just want something that is fun for the rest of the league without being like detrimental to a human being spending 24 hours in a waffle house brutal but not that like you're not hurting anybody you're just eating some waffles sucks for the dude for the day like you could do something along those lines just making someone do something miserable waiting in a dmv line all day for actually no outcome just to be there brutal stuff like that where it's just a little bit of fun stuff or like calendars a lot of people have like you got to make like a uh a risque calendar like a bikini oh, calendar great. for the oh, losers yeah. and then it's handed out at the draft next year and even it's that. fun but engages people without being like no physical pain no monetary pain i'm in on those yeah so i love the waffle house one um and i love the i love the fun little stipulations and i believe the one that i had seen was like each waffle you ate 
took one hour off of your 24 hour maximum punishment. So yeah, it sort yeah, of yeah. is this fun little weird game of, it's almost like saw. Like you're like, how much uh, waffles am I going to eat before I'm physically ill? But also it's been 16 hours and I, I want to leave go this home. waffle house. <laughs> yeah. It's a very, very fun exercise and bit. Um, I, I, I think the correct answer here for our anonymous friend um who we know the identity of but they have chosen to keep their identity anonymous for um tax reasons or or government reasons who knows um i think you have to find a balance between oh you have to break up your family or like oh you have to get a tattoo and like something silly like you have to wear like a straw hat while you draft like there's something in the middle there and i think the waffle house punishment you know i think fun stuff like that like you know the fantasy footballers famously make uh in their league of record they make last place draft the following year soaking wet um and everybody in the draft gets to throw water on them everybody else participating in the draft so fun stuff like that harmless but you got to make them feel it though i think the one i saw getting thrown around this year which not real obviously but ludicrous was draft punishment have a baby the loser takes care of the baby oh my god that is wild i love that that's too far that's too far. that's too far you're taking yeah. it too far no that has, if you bring a little out of here and you're in a relationship you have to end the relationship it doesn't matter how happy you are you just have to break up with your girlfriend because sorry relationships are for winners insane stupid stuff like that like getting a tattoo like i've seen a lot of tattoos yeah, I, listen, if you get everybody on board with the tattoo, I'm cool with that, actually. Ooh. I don't mind. I'll get a loser tattoo if it's someone small. If, as long as all 12 people agree on it, if you're going to do something that permanent, everybody has to agree. This can't be a commissioner-based thing. You'd have to be all 12 people are in on it. Yeah, something silly, awkward, fun for a one-time thing. No tattoos. Don't don't break up your family for fancy football. Uh, that's that's my listen, vote. For the record, I don't mind the tattoo thing. Cool with that. Yeah. It's 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 a bit bit much for me, but I, but I one of us has tattoos and the other doesn't. I mean, have, I, you could probably guess first, who's on what side of the equation. It would be my here. first tattoo is uh, like you know on my forehead like loser. First, yeah, hat. depends for sure depends on the group you're in, but you can find something that's a mix of those in between. Definitely, so, definitely. And I'm looking at doing it this year, so if I can find something, I'll let you know. We'll spread the word, anonymous. All right. Well, next question. Is a little less of a question and more of a rate my team, which I'm in. Oh, for. here we go. Let's go. So we got from Dylan. He sent us. What's up, I'm Dylan? assuming he could be she. Don't know. Um, okay. Sent us two teams to rate. Looks like both of these are pretty standard scoring. Quarterback, two wide receivers, two running back, a tight end, and a flex. Keep it simple. Got a kicker defense. I'm gonna skip right by that. Don't yeah. care. Um, Not real. Take. First glances here, his first team, he's got Jared Goff, Mari Cooper, Calvin Ridley. Love it a little more. Nice. Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Travis Kelsey, Baby Cook, Terry McLaurin, Hollywood Brown, Kadarius Toney, Darnell Mooney, and Deion Jackson rounding out his bench. This one's a little dicey for me, man. It's It's got some ups and downs. I don't. Don't love a wide receiver core of Amari Cooper and Calvin Ridley for some reason. Just uh, I feels... mean, 
you you're in on uh, Ridley, right? So I'm I mean, in on Ridley. Ridley so like I, mean, I guess if you flip those, maybe it's just the visual of I want Ridley as my one, Cooper as my I two. Think that's, I think that's so. If I flip the visuals, I'm fine. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. But then yeah, running back two being Dalvin Cook makes me terrified. Dalvin Cook and James Cook. I love James Cook. I think he's a great sleeper to have as a three, but I want a more solid two. If I've got, if I've got James Cook as my running back three, Dalvin Cook as my two is kind of tough for me. I would yeah. be, I would be looking to move either Hollywood Brown or Kadarius Tony for some sort of running back insurance here. I don't think Deion Jackson on the bench is is the only other running back you can have, my man. Got to figure yeah, something out there. Definitely, definitely would like to see a little bit more safety there. Um, I like, I will be honest, I like the ceiling of the team. I really do. Cooper could go out and do what he did last year again, if especially if Watson takes that step forward. Jared Goff should very likely be a top 12 fantasy football quarterback, maybe like top eight to 12 range. Um, I like, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to look at it here now too. Derrick Henry's great. I don't think the the floor is going to fall out there. Um, yeah, there's some there's some. Are we looking at the team that has Kelsey, or is this a different team? Uh, I believe they both have Kelsey. Spoiler oh. alert! But yes, we're Shout looking out to at this team. Shout out to Dylan for for securing the bag, which um, I'm guessing is how he got such his, low running back depth. Must is have been his first target. pick was Kelsey. Yeah. So so yeah. So I'm actually. I'm actually pleasantly surprised here. I, I think I'd give this team out of 10. Since we're doing a rate my team, I'll go 6.8. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that first team. I think that's good. Yeah, I was going to go, I'll go slightly ceiling. higher with a 7.1. I, love, I, I mean, Derrick Henry still got a good chance to be a top, top running back. If I'm you, Dylan, take one of your receivers down there on your bench, flip them for some running back depth, feel Do it. better about your life Good here. call. Agreed. All right, Next team, team two. Yep, looks like we're in the same type of scoring format. Got single quarterback, two wide receiver, two running back, tight end and a flex. We got, I already know this one's getting a higher score from Kevin here. Got Josh Allen in the quarterback Woo! spot. <laughs> Amari Cooper. Again, you're really going with the Cooper stack, man. Loves him. Jordan Addison as your wide receiver two. Joe Mixon, running back one. DeAndre Swift, running back two. Travis Kelsey locking in that tight end spot. Brandon Cook is the flex. And then the bench rounds out with Michael Pittman Jr., Alvin Kamara, Brian Robinson, Jacoby Myers, Deion Jackson again, and Raheem Mostert. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll jump in here. Um, I do – I love the Josh Allen pick. I love the Travis Kelsey pick. It's very risky to go double early onesie. Um, so and risky. For, your, for you non-complete freaking nerds, because that sentence was for nerds, but he drafted two positions that you only need one of early, which means he weakened his value at the positions that you need depth at running back and wide receiver. And you can feel that in the picks, unfortunately. Um, You won't, it won't matter if Addison pans out. It won't matter if Kamara goes out there and has the kind of season that we've seen him have all year. But the boom bust of this team is other than the onesie position this is kind of massive. So I will give this one a higher score than the last one based strictly off ceiling alone. So I'm in the, I'm in the seven, two range for this one. I think I like this team better, but this team, the floor could fall out. You need some safety. My friend, there a lot of nitrous some, here. 
Father Nitrous. There are some deciding factors here for me. Being able to get Joe Mixon on this team with going very clearly to onesie positions early was key. I think he's That's very huge. safe, has a really yeah. decent ceiling too on that offense. I like DeAndre Swift. I think he's being a little left for dead back there. He is. I think he really I think is. He's really he's got a good shot to be a solid two could be up in the top 12 to 15 range of risky though out right yeah a little risky but the thing is that's going to get this a higher rating for me like you said the later picks camara could slot in as your flex instead of cooks which is great and then sneakily raheem mostert with jeff wilson being put on pup to begin the season Yep. That covers your ass on the Alvin Kamara suspension. I love that stack. You've got yeah. a good flex running back too there. Saves it up for me. I'm going to give this one a 7.7. 7. That's going yeah. up there for me. I like this yep. team better. They're both great, but... Uh, no, I mean, you know what? I'm going to go in the 8s. That's an 8 free oh. for me. Yeah, I'm happy oh. with it. I like it. Yeah. Oh, we better... Yo, Dylan's going to be happy, man. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to... Yeah, I'm excited for Dylan to hear this. My boy. It's going to be a big day for him. Good drafting, Dylan. I hope you manage well this season. Get a title. Nailed it. Unless you're in a league with Kevin and then really get a title. (laughs) No, sir. Not happening. (laughs) All right. Next question from Theo. Certainly not fantasy related. Oh, let's go. Why are you so sexy though, Kevin? Yo, I think that was for both of us, my man. I don't know, man. We just be doing our thing, man. I don't know. Maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, Good skincare, I guess. I've been moisturizing a lot. I've been very focused on yeah. that. Skincare um, routine is key. 100%. Haven't had a haircut in two years. I recommend that if you're trying to look sexy. Um, flow is the way to go. Easy money. Um, but we appreciate Theo, and uh, he's a, he's a valued valued uh, follower, listener, supporter, brother to us. So we appreciate your valued. question, even though it's not even remotely fantasy related. Zach, why are you so sexy though? Yeah, skincare routine, killer right there, man. Can't can't say there's much much else along that line, but keeps the skin fresh. Um, got a good barber that's not three and a half hours away like Theo's. Whoa! So I, Shots uh, fired. Shots fired. Highly recommend Handsome oh, Devil cool. Barber in Hollywood if you're in the area. There you Give go. A shout out to my boy. Um, that. Yeah, man. Just keeping up on the skincare routine. That's we all appreciate there is to you, it. Theo. Uh, I personally would like to shout out that when I first met Zach, I thought that he was um, Justin Timberlake from the social network. Um, I was like, wow, I can't believe Sean Parker, the founder of Napster is here at this dinner party. <laughs> Even you're blonde with curly hair. It's about the only comparison there is. So that's a, that's a big one. That is a yeah. big one. Yeah. Big time. All right. Next question from dish here. Is it a bad idea to auto draft? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a yeah, bad idea to auto draft. Don't auto draft. The auto draft thing it has kind of picked up steam. I don't know if you're aware of these. I, I'm in several of them, so I don't want to talk negatively. I absolutely cherish and value the amazing camaraderie I have with my leagues that do this. Shout out to one of my family leagues and one of my old work leagues that I'm still in because I love those people. But fantasy football, the draft is a huge part of it. So auto, have you heard of this trend of Best auto of draft year. leagues? There's a uh, actual... I've seen them before. I'm not a fan. I don't see no. the point. I mean, I guess I get like having one of those to be like, oh, give me the cards I'm dealt with. Make it's the neutralizer, trades. I guess. Yeah. But no, draft your team. If you if you don't have time, set a queue. Then auto yeah. draft. 
that's better. But don't be stuck with three QBs and four running backs and no wide receivers. Like, it's not fun for you. It's not fun for your league. It's don't weird. Do it. It's if a you, weird if, thing. If you can handle not auto-drafting, even if you don't know anything about fantasy football, ask somebody, look up some yeah. rankings, set yourself yeah. a few from names you like. Zay Flowers, yeah. not a great name. Take great name. Stefan Diggs. There's not much better than just going off of names. Half the time, those are the best players anyway. So even if you're yeah. just going off of vibes, don't auto-draft. Vibes. I'd end up with a better team. Yeah, yeah. And, and I don't mean to poo-poo. I don't mean to yuck others' yums. But, like, you know, I mean, are you? is that really your team? No, yuck that, that yum. I, I'm not about auto-drafting. I'm, You know, like I said, I've done a handful of these auto-draft leagues, and, and I, I love being in these leagues with these people and managing these teams, and it still gets competitive. And I always try to be one of the last guys standing at the end, and it's not always easy. Because you're not always dealt good hands. Sometimes there, you have four guys on your team that you're like, I would have never picked them. I would have never let this happen. They, I was the team that guys just fell to that you know that nobody wanted. And you know, it's still, like I said, it's still fun. It's still fantasy football to an extent. We've talked about it a lot how the league isn't won at your draft. That's a that's a an old adage. Um, team maintenance is the key. So, you know, there is components of fantasy football, but you're losing so much of, like you said, it's Christmas. It's Christmas morning when you get to draft. You're losing the war room, the trades, the drama. Yeah, I, I need I need a draft. Give me draft or give me death. Yeah. All right, last question here for the day. Another one from Sam. Who is going to be the more valuable waiver wire pickup this year? Running backs or wide receivers? I'll let you spearhead this one. I'd be happy to. It's running backs. It's always running backs. It's going to be running backs. I don't know what to tell you. They get hurt more than any position, really, just due to the nature of running into people all day. That's just how it goes. And the running back depth every single year is getting slimmer and slimmer, whereas more and more really talented wide receivers are getting in the league to where once you hit to like running back 20, 24, it's so barren. But you've got wide receivers all the way back to like 36. During the season, you're going to be able to find a wide receiver on the waiver wire that's probably going to get you 8 to 10 points. Finding a running back that can do that is damn near impossible without a touchdown. Every single year, there is a running back off the waiver wire that is a league winner. You have Elijah Mitchell when he came in with the 49ers. Dominant. Ken Walker last year was on so many waivers when Penny went down and he took that load and was just great for the rest of the year. You don't hear that very much about wide receivers. The yeah. only only instance of that I would say is not true is watch the rookie wide receivers. A lot of times they're going to get dropped by week six, seven, eight because they're not doing much, and that's when you have the big booms where they come. Odell Beckham, his rookie year, was not valuable until like week eight or ten because he had some injuries going on. Even Justin Jefferson, the first couple weeks, didn't really do much. But if you catch them after they get dropped, rookie wide receivers can be league winners. Yeah, no, this man just, I mean, he read from the, the Bible of fantasy football just now. The only thing, my first league winner uh, draft or uh, uh, waiver wire pickup for running backs that I think of is Cordero Patterson. I will never forget that year. I believe it was it's 2021 when he just set the league on fire. And he's been in the One league for 12 players. years. Oh, he's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Vikings legend. Um. Yeah, no, I, I, but I think you, you absolutely preached just now. I, I have no, 
I have no arguments. I, I can't I can't disagree with you at all. I, I guess I'll just throw out this as just sort of like something to think about. As positional value evolves, so too will the waiver wire value evolve. And a lot of leagues that I find myself in are three receiver, two flex. So receivers do tend to get kind of I mean, it leads to people rostering more receivers, which means, you know, they're if you're looking for a waiver wire gem, there's a possibility it might already be on somebody's deep bench. So that's kind of what nerfs it a little bit. But also at the on the same token, like you said with running backs, you could bet your bottom dollar there will be one wide receiver who will not be on rosters at the start of the year who will end up being a regular contributor by the end of the year. It's just the way of the NFL. There's just there's thirty-two teams. And every team has three wide receivers, theoretically, that should be contributing. So, you know, and wide receivers are becoming more and more valuable and running backs are becoming less and less valuable. So let's keep an eye on the pendulum, but I don't see any logical argument against running backs being the more valuable waiver wire plays um, just because the position is scarce. Health is at the position is scarce. Depth at the position is scarce. So scour your waiver wires, be on the lookout for those, you know, rookie wide receivers are, are a great one. Also veteran guys who were left for dead for no reason. Like I know for a fact, Raheem Mostert is going to go undrafted in a lot of leagues and he is absolutely not anymore. Probably not anymore. Um, but he players like that, those veterans that are, people are forecasting this big drop off, like be on the lookout for a player like Robert Woods in Houston you know he he's I know I get it no dude the the best indicator of future success is past success players who have 32 no I hear you a few success is your retirement it does happen very often that players I'm not saying specifically Robert Woods I'm I'm saying players like (laughs) Robert Woods you know look you, you, you gotta be if they've had a great career and, and they're in a new home and, and they have a, maybe a big game, maybe don't be afraid to, to pull a trigger. Maybe don't be afraid to, to, to give them a call. Welcome them to the squad. Well, I think at the point where we're propping up Robert Woods, it's probably time to end the show. I would agree with that, actually. Yeah. You know, I, I think I need rest. <laughs> time to get some sleep kidding. after that. No, kidding. we appreciate all you guys. The questions coming in were great. Hopefully we Phenomenal. can help you win some leagues this year. Come back, tune in. We're going to be giving you more advice all throughout the season, not just the mailbag day, but go crush your drafts out there. Find some new leagues. Get into the sport if you haven't. We appreciate you showing up. Another day in the coffee shop. Kev, appreciate having you here. Bro, man, thank you, man. This was great, and I do want to tease. uh, Next week we have a very, very, very spicy, very, very, very bold episode for you guys, and we have – a fantasy writer that we're both crazy about um, joining us uh, for the episode. Um, also, just a quick little thing. If you hear this before next Monday, which you will, because the minute it drops, you're going to listen. We are looking to fill spots in a coffee shop sports fantasy league. Reach out to us if you're interested in joining. We are very excited about it. Thanks, everybody. Signing off.